Hello, everybody. Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that serves as the go-to hub of sexual health communication resources for people navigating herpes stigma. We teach people in the field of sexual health service to provide stigma-free healthcare, as well as be able to teach their patients and clients how to go on and communicate about their sexual health. We have a couple of announcements before we get started on this podcast episode. One, if you have not already taken the HSV stigma survey, please go and do that. It's at www.spfpp.org survey. Y'all, I'm busting my ass to get responses. I created a dating profile on positive singles, opened it up to I'm single, I'm married, I'm in a relationship, I'm supportive, I'm seeking friends. I date men, women, and couples on this profile. And everything in my profile says I am here for people to take this survey. So everybody will see me on positive singles. Don't be surprised or be like, oh my God, Courtney out here in these streets. Courtney is trying to get these survey responses. And I've been upsetting a lot of men lately, but I was able to get a 5%, a 0.5% increase in the number of men who've taken the survey over the past week uh, because they'll hit me up, call me attractive, say whatever they're saying, let me see that dick, whatever, you know, dudes be saying in my DMs. We say some wild shit, y'all. I see what ladies be talking about when they be complaining about dudes. They all read my profile. I send messages. I'm like, hey, you take that survey yet? And they're like, oh, what are you up to today? And it's like, bro, you no, we're not doing this. I know what you're doing. I need you to take this survey. So uh, I've had some really good conversations when it's past that point, but I know I've also pissed some people off. So I'm doing everything on my end to get more uh, representation on these surveys. I'm sharing it where I can. I'm even talking in third person as if I'm not the person who's putting the survey on just so my posts don't get removed from places and I'm seeing its effectiveness. Thank you to everybody who's been sharing in Reddit and their own support communities and groups uh, because it's helping us with get more responses. We've had more than 1,200 people attempt to take the survey. Uh, I've not been saying the right numbers, and it was pointed out to me by the principal investigator. Uh, so I thought we only had 600 people that took the survey. It's just that the way that the responses break down as you answer certain things, it takes you to a different place. So, yeah, my bad, y'all. So keep the responses coming. Uh, this survey data will be presented at the Something Positive for Positive People conference. The theme is sexual health is mental health. We have Dr. Evelyn Molina Dacker, who is a family physician. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. She's talked about uh, a very useful framework for disclosing your herpes status, which is the STARS framework. Uh, that episode is episode 299, how to disclose my herpes status. And her work is maketimeforthetalk.com. If you want to learn more about that, she's going to be speaking from the perspective of healthcare providers and stick in the healthcare setting. Uh, then we'll transition to Nikita, who's here today, right there. Um, and she's going to be talking about the intersection of sexual health and mental health and how uh, working with, as a sex therapist and psychotherapist, working with uh, clients who are HSV positive, some of the things that she's able to speak to uh, in relation to stigma in that setting and also equipping uh, healthcare professionals with useful resources and skills in order to facilitate healthy conversations with patients in a way that is stigma free. Uh, I'll then introduce uh, the training that we offer to healthcare service workers um, 
I'm, I can't go into detail about it because the last time I did, somebody stole my idea. I'm not going to call them out. If you listen to the podcast enough, I was mad one episode and said who it was and what they did. But we're, we're past that now. We're in a new place. Things are great, you know. So I'm going to talk about that thing that I'm not going to talk about here and sort of thread everything together. And then we also will have uh, the actual survey data analysis from Megan, who is the principal investigator of the survey. So we're talking about people's experiences with healthcare professionals, with medication, with disclosing, receiving their diagnosis, as well as alternative treatments that they've utilized and helpful resources for them that were useful in helping them navigate stigma. I want to shout out to the sponsors of the conference. We've got the American Sexual Health Association. They uh, bought a sponsorship package. Um, so yay, shout out to them because that is very, very helpful for us being able to have this kind of support, especially with healthcare organizations in the field of sexual health. And then we've also got WISP. Uh, WISP is going to be giving us some hats. Y'all like these? Uh, where is it? Uh, I don't have it by me, but my favorite hat that I always wear, if I'm wearing a hat, which oh, it's not by me, it's my stigma hat with the line through it. So if you register for the conference, you will be entering a drawing to win one of these hats. And there's a lot of them. So I think a lot of people will get hats. Um, that's enough for my announcements because I usually skip these in the intros of podcasts. So if y'all listen that long, thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, transitioning directly into the podcast today, what we're going to be talking about is play parties and the, the lifestyle as people with herpes, uh, some of the hesitance that may be there, uh, keeping people from wanting to participate. This is something that I've been reached out to individually about like people will always say Courtney you should throw a play party and I'm like dude I can't get dudes to take these surveys I can't do get dudes to show up on the podcast platforms it'd be me it'd be me at this play party and all of the, the women who've reached out and been like Courtney you should host a play party and there have been non-binary people who have also said this so I don't want to like exclude them from the conversation so we can't really talk about or promote this kind of thing on social media platforms so getting y'all here was a flyer with Trisha on it. Hi, Trisha. Uh, <laughs> and talking about the fact that we're going to talk about some of the hesitance of uh, indulge or engaging in uh, lifestyle events such as play parties. And yeah, Nikita's got some experience that she's going to be sharing. I'm more of a, I'm a rookie, y'all. I went to I've been going to educational events. Let me say that. I've been to educational events. And then I went to my first play party, uh, what was that, a month ago? And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't want to, you know, overshadow this whole podcast here. But essentially, that's what we're doing. We're planning to organize something that people will be able to attend in a way that is, uh, I don't want to call it a safe space, but an intentional space. And the intention behind it being to have a stigma-free atmosphere where people can feel more comfortable coming out of their shells and talking about their sexual health status to people who either expect that already because Trisha and myself are two of the people who are promoting the event. Uh, 
but also not for it to be exclusive only to people with herpes, because I do believe that that goes against what I stand for and what my work is, which is getting people out of that zone. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what our intentions are with it, some of the planning details, um, and then I will put ticket sales up on the website. Uh, there will be a number of ways that you'll be able to get more information. So uh, without further ado, I would like to go ahead and just allow for you both to introduce yourselves. So Trisha, yours should be quick because I think everybody who follows me also follows you. So can you <laughs> introduce yourself? <laughs> um, yeah. So for people who don't know, I am Trisha, but I also now go by Cassie Black. So that's Why my, is that? So I am a adult performer now. Um, so I've been doing OnlyFans for a few years, but I'm now delving into the mainstream. So I'm gonna probably not go by Trisha in public as much anymore. So if you call, if you see me, you can call me Safe Slut or Cassie. Um, down for either. And yeah, my main goal is obviously destigmatizing herpes as a herpes positive person. And with doing like OnlyFans and porn. I want to like destigmatize being herpes positive, like in that space and showing people that you can still do it. You can be a hot slut with herpes. Thank you for that intro. And um, I want to invite Nikita to go ahead and introduce yourself. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Nikita and um, I'm a sex therapist and mental health therapist in New York City. Um, I have herpes myself and I work with a large population of people that are in the play scene that have had STIs, people that are in the lifestyle. And so I'm very passionate about also destigmatizing this work um, on a larger mental health scale. Nikita's also speaking at our conference, y'all. So um, if you are a member of Something Positive for Positive People's website, then you'll have access to the video and there will be also some behind the scenes stuff that we'll share uh, after this episode or at the end of the podcast episode. So you can visit www.spfpp.org slash membership in order to access that content. So uh, beginning this conversation, so... I'll just be flat out. I put up the call for uh, presenters for the Something Positive for Positive People conference, and Nikita was one of the people who responded. And I love that you were so direct about your experience um, being a sex therapist, also being HSV positive, and also casually, I don't know if it was casually, mentioning that you were involved with uh, the kink scene and non-monogamy <laughs> as well. And speaking to you about that sort of led to me wanting to uh, bring you in here more into something positive for positive people. And then Trisha and I had separate conversations about uh, play parties and wanting to put that on and hearing from people, you know, different experiences that they might have had or their own hesitance to enter the space. So um, that's sort of how this little Avengers of herpes aware, uh, <laughs> stigma-free play party idea came to be. And maybe throughout this, we'll come up with like a title for it. But that's where all of this started. So um, I guess like, Nikita, do you have any sort of like foundational shareable experience with play parties as it might relate to someone who is hesitant to participate because of their herpes status? 
Absolutely. So I've been in the play party scene since 2021. And I think there's this common misconception that people that are in these play party scenes actually might have, you know, more quote unquote STIs than like the general public. But if anything, I found the opposite because people are a lot more forthcoming with sharing details about testing and um, if anything, I've just continued to have positive experience after positive experience in disclosing to people within these play party settings. Um, and Courtney, I think I even mentioned this to you, but um, I'm finding that the more I disclose, people are like high fiving me and they're saying like, oh, me too. Like, that's so cool. Like, thanks for sharing it. And I think it sort of becomes this like bonding experience. And it's so normalized that it's almost like it makes you want to talk about it more and not in a way that's like like shameful or in a way where you're trying to sort of suss out how people feel, but more so just this like common experience where people are like, we get it, like we've been there. Um, and I think it's in these spaces that I've started to really feel empowered about that compared to spaces outside. Yeah, thanks for that. I find that it is a lot easier to speak about sexual health in more of these uh, sex positive environments and settings than it is in vanilla spaces. Um, Trisha, did you have anything that you wanted to piggyback off of there? Just in terms of like disclosure in general, I personally haven't been to too many play parties, so I can't like speak on that. But in terms of just being open about your status, I agree. Like I've been getting more, yeah, like a high five or like, I appreciate your honesty. It just like makes people feel more comfortable with you because you're being so open, um, especially like early on at whether it's like a casual thing or like someone you're dating or whatever, like it just builds more trust, which is really hot. Yeah, that vulnerability is so high. And Speaking to that, what I find is that in my experience with dating and speaking to other people who have been dating is that the disclosure of our herpes diagnosis to a person who's receiving something like this, perhaps for the first time, is not exclusively about the herpes, nine times out of 10. I know there's always going to be an exception to the rule, but it really does feel like it's more of an invitation for vulnerability, which is something that isn't really common in the dating world. And that emotional availability, uh, the emotional vulnerability, these are two things that if you're going to survive the chaos that is the dating world, you kind of have to shut off your emotions a little bit in order to endure the ghosting, the flakiness, the time wasting, the competitiveness, all of those things. What you got for me? I don't think it's necessarily shutting off your emotion. I think it's accepting all of the emotion. Like you're accepting that you're probably going to like, you're going to be dealing with a lot of shit. Like you're going to be dealing with ghosting or people who are emotionally unavailable, you who are emotionally unavailable. And it's more like dealing with it than shutting it off. Um, and I think just like accepting it, um, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like it in like, just in terms of like herpes disclosure, I also think it's what you said. It's not really about herpes it's about a possible rejection or it's about sharing something vulnerable and like that's scary you know I think like logically we all know herpes isn't that big of a deal but we're scared to talk about it yeah and I shy away from it's not that big of a deal because it's not 
that big of a deal to most people, I would say, yeah. with it yeah. or when it comes to it. But hearing it for the first time, like you're asking someone who in the dating world has been dating as they've been dating, who has never probably had to think this far out about, oh, well, if I get this now, I have to have this conversation with other people, which is why partially how we do deliver a disclosure to a person impacts what their thoughts are about it or how they might receive it too. Because mm -hmm. if you're disclosing to them and you're like not okay about it, that kind of signals to them that, oh, I may have to do this if we have sex and I get this now I need to. And then they might be looking at what their other options are or thinking about the future, which, you know, when you're just dating, if you're just casually dating, that might not be something that you had to think about long term. So I, I do like what you say about also accepting it rather than being avoidant of it, because both of those things can exist. Uh, I think that maybe you just move a little bit differently, like but when it's from avoidance versus out of acceptance. Do you have anything to elaborate on there? Um, well, just kind of like an example, like we were talking last week when I was sending you manic um, audio messages <laughs> um, that I was kind of working through a disclosure that actually was like, a yeah, like more of a unique situation. And like when we're disclosing our herpes status, usually that's the first time they're hearing about herpes in like a non-stigmatized way. So the way you disclose is actually going to be really important because they're used to just knowing of herpes as like the jokes in pop culture or like what they learned in like sex ed, which is like you're ridden with sores all over your vulva for forever. And like, you're always contagious, which is like obviously not true. Um, and so like how, how you say it, what you say is going to be important and just like showing up with confidence, even if it's fake. And then just like providing like really solid information is is going to be key. And then just being open to like talking about it. Um, so like when I disclosed last week, it was, I like outed myself because <laughs> they saw my Instagram first and like, then they were like, had a lot of questions and were confused. But again, like that was their first time that they like saw it this way. And then we just had like a 20, 30 minute conversation on the phone. And there you go. It was fine. Good. Uh, I was talking while I was muted. I, I got to watch that. But no, nah, um, I remember that. And you I feel like you had a lot of anxiety about it a little bit. I was feeling like a little bit triggered and like yeah. I haven't felt nervous to disclose like in a very long time. I think because it, it was like, God damn it. They found out before I could tell them. And like and it was like because we did stuff before that like wouldn't transmit anything to them like I didn't put them at risk but they saw my Instagram and were like wait what like why didn't she tell me when we did kind of hook up so that's why I felt anxious I was like oh I want to make sure that they're like aware that like I wasn't like withholding information with them like <laughs> uh, so just like clarifying so I, I felt anxious about that and I yeah I'm also just you know I'm anxious avoidant fearful avoidant like I'm anxious I'm just always gonna be stressed it's just it's accepting that I'm gonna be feeling those feelings <laughs> right go ahead Nikita um, while you were talking, I think something else that came up for me is that in disclosing to people, we almost give them permission to be vulnerable with us and sort of like almost model that vulnerability. But I think what's also a little frustrating to me is that then the job of educating people sort of falls on the people with herpes, 
right? And Trisha, like you mentioned, you sort of have to be the one to explain everything to this person when in reality, it should sort of be like the healthcare system and sex education classes. And so all of this emotional labor is like placed on the person that is already facing a lot of stigma. And that just makes me really angry. Same. <laughs> Here's a shameless plug. Uh, so one of the things that something positive for positive people is actively attempting to do is to start at those sexual health service providers, like meeting them where they are and giving them this sort of stamp of approval for people to patronize them for their services if they do offer stigma-free care. So if you go to uh, Something Positive for Positive People's website, spfpp.org slash directory, you can fill out a form that tells us if you had a positive or negative experience with the healthcare provider, give us their details, information, tell us about what happened, and you can either brag about them or nag about them. And from there, I'll reach out, we'll talk, I'll invite them on a podcast, we'll have a conversation, and it'll just be a matter of not necessarily calling them out, but calling them in in a way that they may not have been called in before, and then offer our training services to them so that they can begin to offer stigma-free care for people. Um, I want to, oh, I wrote down notes here. So being a person to have to explain things to people now being placed on the person, that's a huge burden. And again, it's not just, you know, the emotional weight of it, because there's also this thing, disclosure fatigue, where it takes a lot of buildup of, you know, courage and preparedness, um, to get to a point of wanting to tell someone, hey, I have herpes and however it is that you choose to deal with that. Like I see people that draft these messages that are as big as my box with my head in it. Um, I see people who want to do a phone call, want to do it in person, have their own ways of wanting to go about it. And what we put into that can be exhausting, right? And the more we put into it, the more times we do it, like that fatigue starts to kick in and people kind of step away from even wanting to put themselves out there in and risk not just a rejection, but just feeling like that. Like that's exhausting and it's draining. And with, uh, it, this seems like a very abrupt transition, but I'm going somewhere with it. Uh, what I'm finding is that in intentional spaces, such as the uh, play party that we're hoping to be able to facilitate well that we are facilitating I want to say hopefully um, the disclosure fatigue I feel becomes irrelevant because then like if that's not an issue because of the environment that we're in where play is the priority whatever that may look like it makes it a lot easier to practice asking for what it is that you want and herpes not really being what drains you of your energetic battery, like your enthusiasm for wanting to participate in something. And also there's ways of playing that don't even involve the risk of herpes to where you wouldn't even have to have that kind of a conversation. So um, what we have right now, organized right now, we have an event venue, we got that. We have some of the logistics that we're working through. And if you hear this right now and you want to volunteer and you want to support in some type of way, or if you know you want to come and you want to like get a pre-sale ticket, please reach out and let us know. But uh, the overall like intention here from my perspective and then 
Cassie Black. I will let you share yours. I got to get into the practice of calling you that. It's, it's, it's new. It's like today new. <laughs> yeah, no, I literally was changing my name on Zoom five minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, Nikita, I know you're new here and like a lot of people don't know who you are, but they will learn after this conference in May. But uh, I would like for you to also share, you know, some of what your intention would be for supporting us and facilitating this, because I appreciate you being so cool and willing to jump on board and help us with this as well. Because, um, I mean, I don't know nothing about I don't know anything about organizing, but over the last couple weeks i've been doing a lot of learning about a lot of things in a short period of time so my genuine intention here is to facilitate this space because i see the need for it like there are so many things that offer herpes support that are tied to herpes exclusively that i don't think that there's really much healing that occurs there it's the things for me at least that have been outside the realm of herpes where something else has been the priority that people are able to see, oh, okay, if I prioritize this, herpes becomes insignificant. I get to connect with people, have a good time, find myself in community, connections, relationships, and doing other things that just make herpes irrelevant altogether. And this play party is very representative of that for me because this is something that I've wanted to do, but I myself have always felt a little bit hesitant. Like I'll go to play parties and or um, events, like I mentioned earlier, educational events, but they turn into play parties and I kind of just leave before that happens. And I recognize that that's out of avoidance of wanting to have to talk about having herpes. Like if I'm learning how to tie people up and then we're transitioning into, you know, open play, I don't have to have already told people, Hey, I have herpes. Here's blah, blah, blah. The thing that I need to say. And so I will just leave places and I want to participate. I want to stay and watch. I want to see what there is, but I just, it doesn't feel like the place for that. And I don't want to ruin somebody else's thing. Or if someone plays with me and I have to disclose to them and they say they're not okay with that and they leave, they got to tell somebody why we ain't playing or if we are playing and they want to go play with somebody else, then they're going to know that I have herpes, which means that that person might have herpes. And it's a lot of this like self radical playing the hero thing of looking out for other people more so than looking out for myself. So in being intentional about creating this environment, this atmosphere, and then going in with an intention of this is what I want to get out of it. I want to practice asking for what I want. I want to practice getting my needs met and giving people the opportunity to do that and also put that in a place where everybody else can do that for themselves. I think that there's a little bit of healing that can occur. So that's my whole intention what about you cassie black i am going to overemphasize that i promise Love it. <laughs> um so my thing is is more like so i do support calls with people and i have a support group and a lot of what we talk about are a lot of people are like either poly or like into the kink world and they're so like disheartened that they they're like i can't go to play parties anymore and do all these things and i'm like well that's not true um so I want people to feel more comfortable so I think this is like a nice like first step for people to go into a space where they can be like, cool I don't have the pressure of disclosing um so I just want yeah I just want a space where people can be like open and feel comfortable and like make them like feel a little bit more confident when they go to a play party that's not like herpes positive and I don't want to say that this is like a herpes positive play party because it's just not but it's like it just people are aware here like 
every, I, I want like everyone to come. Like I'm telling everyone that I know in New York or people, telling people to travel. <laughs> um, yeah, stigma free, exactly. A stigma free play party. Um, and yeah, also just like for a personal reason. Is that the name? That's the name. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, it's the name. <laughs> that popped in my head as well. Um, but yeah, per for like personal reasons, like I also just like wanted, I've always wanted to like host a play party and like, especially as I like enter the mainstream adult world, like I feel like it would just be like a fun thing to do. And um, yeah, I'm an exhibitionist. So like, that sounds hot to me. <laughs> so that's my intention. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Uh, and we'll talk more about like, you know, what some of our own goals are outside of this personally uh, in the after show. If you want to hear about that or see that on video, you can visit www.spfpp.org membership. There might not be an S. I think it's just membership. But uh, Nikita, how about you? Um, I love everything that Cassie just mentioned. And um, I think with the workshop that we're doing before the play party, that is just a great gateway into having these conversations around navigating sexual health in sex positive spaces. And so at the workshop, we'll actually talk about what are some ways that you can you know, practice disclosing with people using tools like nonviolent communication or going over like the five P's of sexual health, um, which if you want to find out, come to the play party and workshop. Um, but I think it's going to be a really great event. Um, I love that Courtney asked me um, to put on this workshop before because like Cassie said, a lot of people entering these spaces might, you know, feel some hesitation around being in these spaces being herpes positive and so I think that the workshop going into the party is a great way to normalize those concerns and also give people information and education that can help them feel empowered to be there and feel comfortable in themselves and their bodies um, and also just have fun because we're all going to be there and it's a it's a stigma free zone and so I think the best way to fight stigma is through education. Yeah. And I've been saying this a lot lately, like I don't believe that there's really any safe space. Um, at least I will not claim that any space is going to be safe, but this is an intentional space. And the intention here is stigma free. I cannot prevent any and all possible harm, but what I can do is my best to mitigate it. And I have a group of people who can help me with supporting that. Uh, that intention uh, with Cassie Black here and Nikita um, and everyone else who's going to be involved. So if you're someone who does have experience in play spaces and you want to volunteer as a dungeon monitor, I think they're called. Is that is that the word? Just give me a head nod. All right. Or a door Or guardians. Okay. Thank you. Guardian, door monitor, uh, dungeon monitor, uh, any of those roles. Um, if you have something that you feel like you can contribute to the space if you maybe entertainment uh photographer i know cassie black you said you have someone for that okay and uh yeah the details are coming together but what we're looking at right now is february 15th and this will be in new york city is that place in brooklyn no Chinatown, manhattan it's in chinatown mm-hmm mm -hmm. all right it's in chinatown so, are we getting dumplings after at like 2 a.m Ooh, 
oh, so we're also trying to have food there. I said trying. Oh, so let's get, let's have We dumplings should for the party. like, yeah, we gotta figure that out. We gotta figure all this out. So all the logistics, we're not gonna include y'all in on the logistics, but uh, the flyer, the main information that people need to know uh, will be out pretty soon. Um, so these are our intentions here. And we want for this to be a very intentional space for people to be able to come practice talking about uh, their sexual health also being able to ask for what it is that they need, uh, exploring other ways of play and seeing what else there is uh, that can be offered. So bring your toys, bring your, uh, what else is there, toys? So I've been, <laughs> I've been doing this thing where women always talk about how guys feel intimidated by sex toys. I was like, well, if you call them sex tools, that might be something they're more familiar with. And so like, oh yeah, I'm a man using a tool. Is a lot better than I'm a guy <laughs> toys, right? So it just it just feels different when you put it that way. So bring your tools, bring your toys. I know people who brought like briefcases with laptops and electricity equipment, and I've been like, what is that? Yeah, I want Um, people to bring some wild shit. Like, I want to see something, something wild. all right, I, you say that to somebody come in with a fishing <laughs> pole. <laughs> you don't know what you in for. <laughs> I'm ready to just be a watcher, right? like. <laughs> No, but uh, seriously, um, I I know that this has the possibility of being a different type of healing experience and supportive to people. What? Oh, Nikita, just Oh, my bad. What you got? I looked away. me. Oh, I was just going to add that Cassie had the brilliant idea of having like a, a a filming location set up on the side so performers can film content well as well. So I feel like that definitely deserves to be highlighted. That's a really great idea. So yeah, sex workers, welcome. Please come and we can all make OnlyFans content together. So let's make money off of this. <laughs> Yeah. it's fun time. That's another thing too. Is this place that we're booking wheelchair accessible? There's Oh, thank an God. elevator, I think, right? Hey, we got I've elevator. only been to it once. Okay. Cool. Okay. I've never been. I should check it out before uh we lock it in. Um, well, it's locked in already. Like it, we're we're done. We're we're doing this, we're making it happen. At this point, all we gotta do is have people show up. Um, Nikita mentioned the workshop beforehand. So the workshop beforehand uh is gonna be like a smooth intro into this. Uh we don't want to give away too much in this podcast episode, which is why it really seems more all over the place than usual podcasts are. Um But we want people to come to the event. We want you to come to the workshop prior so that, you know, we can have a little bit of a consent conversation. If you're here and you're listening to this, you already have some sort of a foundation in place. But we want to just make sure that we're all on the same page about what consent looks like and what the expectations are in the setting, in the play space, so that we're operating from the same sort of handbook, so to speak. In addition to that, Uh, having people be able to just get familiar with one another before the pressure comes on of the lights going down or whatever, right? And I find that when we have these sort of educational portions of things like this, that it does make the transition into uh, play a lot more easy because you've been socializing a bit. You might have had some snacks. You might have had, I'm very much on the fence about the drinks thing. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. But I'm also biased because I'm not drinking. So, yeah, that 
that'll be a thing that perhaps there should be a vote on. We'll talk about that later, though. But, uh, yeah, we're looking at Thursday, February 15th. It's right after Valentine's Day. So after you've been loved on, come get loved on again. I don't know. There should be like a there should be a thing for that. There should be like a little little subheader on the promotional pieces for it. Um, but yeah, before I transition us out of here, so, uh, Cassie, do you have anything else that you'd like to add or any closing remarks? Not really, but everyone should buy a ticket and come. People and literally, also, come. <laughs> come and come. Uh, people should also follow Cassie Black on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Duh. Follow the Cassie Black on Instagram, Twitter, and OnlyFans, all the same name, the Cassie Black. It's just T-H-E? Yeah. C-A-S-S-I-E? Mm-hmm. B-L-A-C-K? Mm hmm That's it. Nothing special. Nothing special. I try to keep it as simple uh, as possible. Perfect. The Cassie Black. And then, um, Nikita, is there anything that you would like to leave us with before we transition up out of here? I'm just excited to have people show up and to put this together. I think this is going to be a really great event and just such a unique one. I don't see a lot of events like this, so I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, so our fourth person just messaged <laughs> and asked if he missed the meeting again. <laughs> we'll we'll get him in on the uh on the after show. So y'all will be able to meet him if you are a uh if you are a if you're not Patreon, oh my god, I gotta stop saying that. If you're something positive for positive people.org subscriber, then you will have access to this. Just be sure to access at the right level which gives you the video recordings of the podcast as well as the after show content. All right. And I'm email. I'm texting them now. Okay. Uh, that concludes this episode of something positive for positive people. Please like rate review, share, subscribe to this podcast. Um, and again, just visit www.spfpp.org. It has been updated out the ass, like $835 invoice worth of updates. So I need y'all to at least go look at the website uh, so that I can justify how much money I just spent on this. Uh, we've had a great year. We are having a great year. It's almost over. Um, we've almost doubled the dollar amount in donations that we've received over the years. Um, I actually wrote it down on something here. So y'all ready for this? Don't keep yourselves muted because it's, it's a little bit funny now in hindsight to look back on. But in September, I think it was September. No, October. We raised $93. <laughs> I told y'all to mute yourselves. And here I am. But uh, yeah, we raised $93. And that was a very interesting you know, experience for me. Because uh, in 2019, we raised $7,232. 2020 was $10,527. 2021 was $14,980. 2022 was $30,800. And so far in 2023, we still got a week and a half left. We've raised $59,560. And that's going to only continue to go up between ticket sales and donations and the support calls and everything coming in like that. There will come a point I've seen over the last couple of weeks with how much time I've been able to give to something positive for positive people, just not working the other jobs that I have. Uh, there will come a time where I'm able to do this full time and also be able to 
push these advocacy efforts a lot harder in the medical community. So please continue supporting in the ways that you are. I know I've not been able to give a tangible thing and say your donations are going toward this thing, but it's helping with uh, we're paying for people to get therapy again. We're participating and showing up in conferences and we're putting our messaging out there in front of healthcare providers who are going to be able to make our lives much easier later down the road and for those who are newly diagnosed or going to be diagnosed and we're supporting people in the field of sex education with having a better understanding of herpes stigma so that they can have a trickle effect into uh, the dating world through partners partners all right so stay tuned for the after show if you're here watching the video if not y'all need to go ahead and get on that SPFPP membership baby all right uh so since I'm not gonna stop the recording, here's a transition. Right? Like round two, whatever. Mark. Part two behind the scenes. Y'all, so I'm working on doing this thing where I don't share too much personal stuff because the nonprofit, like that's so hard for me. It's difficult because for me, it's because I, I had a catfish situation, like super fan catfish situation or some shit. Did you really? I didn't tell you about this. No. So I'm on FetLife. And well, I was on every dating site, right? And yeah. on FetLife, there was someone in particular who reached out to me because of a post that I made. I made a post that just talked about like how challenging it is, like not dating with herpes, but dating with herpes and being open about having herpes. Like mm -hmm. how difficult that is. Make the post and people have like messaged me or replied to me and just saying like, oh, thanks for sharing that. I have herpes too. We talk a little bit. This person reaches out to me and like initially was, it, it was very like, it was strange how they reached out and this should have been a red flag to me, but it wasn't until later on. So the Cliff Notes version is there's a person contacting me on FetLife who doesn't have much information but they're like asking a lot from me. And fortunately, I don't know if you're a real person. I don't know if you're 10 years old. Like, I don't know anything. So I'm very cautious with what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. So she's like, oh, yeah, do you like this? Are you into this thing? And I'm like, uh, let me know when you're important. Like, and when I need to know you're a real person. And so I guess that wasn't enough. So what this person did was reach out to me through the website. And this person reached out. And I don't know that this is the same person, right? They reach out to me through the website and they're like, I want to be a guest on your podcast. I was like, great. This rarely happens where somebody reaches out and wants to be a podcast guest. Yay. And so we're talking and they were like, uh, or she was like, uh, I need an outline for your podcast. I was like, what? Like, you, what do you need that for? Like all of my podcast interviews are just me talking to people regularly. And it's a conversation. I ask you what happened and then we just talk from there. And she's like, oh, I need to know what I'm saying. And I don't want to be on camera. I'm like, you, I'm not recording the video. I'm, I need to see you so that we can exchange dialogue and I can see nonverbals. And she's like, oh, well, I don't need to be on camera. I was like, all right, listen, you can make a donation to contribute to the fact that I'm going to have to do a lot of editing for that because we're going to talk over each other or we can just not do this at all. So she messaged me back and was like, you must be a Scorpio. And I was like, I screenshot it edited her name out, posted to social media, and was like, this is what happens when I set boundaries. She texted me a screenshot of that. I didn't even know she was on Instagram. So I got to see her Instagram name from that to look her up. And she was like, 
is this what you do? I could sue you, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, first off, yes, this is what I do. I screenshot things people type to me all the time. I just remove their names from it. And no, you can't sue me. You can ask me to take it down and I'll take it down if that's what you want me to do, but don't threaten me. And so she's like, take it down. It's like, all right. So she tells me something about her relationships with black men. Like she tries to make herself sound desirable by black men. I don't know what this lady looks like. She has no pictures up of anything on anywhere. Um, her English is broken. She implied, she said that she was uh, Hispanic. And she did send me a picture, but I don't know that this was her. This couldn't have been her. And so. Can I please see the photo? I, I, I can't ethically, no. Uh, I don't have it anymore either, though. But uh, a partner of mine works in cybersecurity. And so we got to look, look her up and find out she was catfishing. But anyway, anyway. Oh, shit. So this turned into her coming to the support group. So she did everything she was supposed to do to get to the support group. And she she kind of like got surprised when she was on camera. You know how Zoom settings are, where like you're automatically on camera. And I saw it in her face. I was like, oh, hey, name. And then she, she had like a oh shit moment and then got off camera. And then she talked. She talked for the whole support group meeting, came in and was like, I want to do a 5K for people with herpes. And it's like, okay, well, it sounds like you're you're at a much better place than people here. So... I'm going to connect you to, because she mentioned wanting to network. I was like, I'll connect you to networking and support groups that are for that, but this isn't the place for that. So I don't know how we can be supportive to you. One of the girls in the support group goes, because she mentioned something about sex and her husband and uh, him not having sex with her as much as she wants. And then this turned into a whole thing. So the whole thing that this turned into was her talking about her past lover's black men and there was somebody specific that she kept talking to and i was like hey or talking about i was like hey this dude gonna fuck up your marriage like she's married she just talks about this guy being a great provider and i was like you thinking about this dude from your past is gonna fuck up your future with your husband so we're gonna uh, let you say what you have to say here but we gotta we gotta stop that we gotta stop talking about that and so <laughs> she does that she stops we get off the call and then it's halloween she texts me happy halloween was this Halloween? Yeah, she texted me, happy Halloween, Courtney. I was like, oh, thanks. How was the support group for you last night? She said, I had a fantasy about you. Would you like to hear about it? And I was like, hey, I don't think that's appropriate. Like, I'm flattered. Thank you, but no thank you. Learn that in therapy. Thank you, but no thank you. And she was like, would you be in an open relationship with me? I was like, that that's not appropriate. And then she starts talking about a thing she did where she messaged a bunch of black guys that she's been with. And at this point, I'm like, all right, how many ways are you trying to tell me like you black dudes find you attractive? I still don't know what you look like except for that little glimpse of you anyway. But like, I don't understand. And all the while, like I'm still getting messages from this person on FetLife, right? Bro, this is where you have to block. I didn't know this yet. So it, it didn't come together. I didn't even get to the worst part. So at this point, I said to her, I was like, hey, you know, it sounds like what you're doing here is more like gossip girlfriend type talk. And I'm here for support regarding herpes. So please reach out if that's what you're looking for. She was like, you're talking to me like a client and not uh, I thought we were friends. I was like, I don't think you can give me what I need, like from a friendship. 
You know, like, I don't know you. <laughs> and then she lost her shit. Do I still have the text messages? Oh my God. She lost her shit on me in these text messages. And then on FetLife, within minutes, I get a fuck you dude from this page. Wow. And then I start getting website inquiries from fake email addresses saying, my website's a scam. Uh, I only want money. Uh, and then she posted something on a comment under this newly made Facebook profile from, it was a black dude. So I heard your website was fake and all you do is take people's money. And I was like, Hey lady, I know who this is. Like I've, I've tracked the IP addresses come in from the same fucking location on my website. So I was like, if you continue with this harassment, I'm going to have to present this to my board and decide how to take legal action. And then somebody messaged me on Instagram different all these different things are happening right then and there and i'm like hey i know who this is like please stop just just stop because i don't want to take this where it's gonna go to next and then she replied like dude what the fuck are you talking about it's like and i just blocked them because I, I knew who it was so i screenshot everything i have a folder i have folders of like disgruntled interactions to where if they need to go somewhere like i can take them there but uh yeah she lost her shit on all these platforms. And then even on the FetLife, when, when when I got the message on FetLife, that's when everything clicked. I was like, this is interesting timing. I'm getting a fuck you do. And then I get another friend request on FetLife from a newly made profile. And they're like, ew, you have herpes. You're disgusting. Why would you? Are you here to pass that around everybody? I'm like, listen, lady, I'm way past yes, this. Block. So I couldn't <laughs> reply. I couldn't reply. But long story, all of that to say... Sure. I have to not be as open personally as I have been. So the something positive for positive people organization, like even my videos on the website, I got a fucking tie on. I hate wearing ties. I started to take it off after like the healthcare provider page and the home page. I was like, let me loosen this shit up. All right, y'all. I just talk feel that in general, just like, I don't know. It can be kind of scary to like be really personal online sometimes. I don't know. So I feel that. Well, that's the thing too. Like people, I don't know how to do that, do, but people feel like they know you or like y'all know each other a lot yeah. more than you. A really lot of people have like a parasocial relationship. What's that? It's like where they like it's like a one sided relationship. Like they think that like they know you and like uh -huh. kind of thing. I never heard paranormal. I'm learning Spanish and para means four. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, I have like 15 minutes, so we should probably um what were we filming what was next all that was next was just for us to really like come clean about the play parties talk about oh, oh okay 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 cool, cool, all cool. that but finish. uh i know i don't know if you want to say here what you told me you want to do at the play party did you want to do that thing there do you want to talk about that thing that you want to do there here yeah yeah i mean yeah i would i'm down to get the party started essentially if people are going to be shy which i assume would likely be the case okay. um i'm down to either like you know suck some dick i don't know hook up with like i'm down to just start it like i don't or like perform in some in some sense okay um, i'm actually so a week before that i'll be in vegas like filming real stuff yeah so well, I will, can, you say like, can you say who was with okay so i was supposed to film my first scene last week the, the guy was a no-show i got paid anyway so that mm -hmm. works for me um so the owner of the company bought my ticket for Vegas, I, I'm missing AVN, but it's like right after AVN. Um, so it's Peter King. He owns like Dirty Cinema and then there's like six like subset types. I think it's kind of more amateur, but like 
it's legit. Like I've been talking to this person for a long time. Um, so I'll be in Vegas. Sounds incredible. For a few days filming. Um, so that will literally be like a week prior. No, yeah, like a week and a half. So I'll be like newly a porn star. So I, I definitely want to like push that more. Um, so I'm down to like, yeah, whatever. But in terms of like the, the 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 no drinks thing, like I would love to have a cocktail or two because shy. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we could have like a conversation about it where like like if you're wasted, you're getting kicked out. Like you can't be like blackout drunk because then like obviously consent gets weird. Um, but like enough right. where people just like sip just to feel comfortable. What we know. usually do at play parties, like I, because I usually like will sometimes bartend or like volunteer to bartend, but just like keeping a track of how many drinks people are getting, like mentally or just yeah. like starting to dilute it. If I know that they're coming back and then I don't like they don't really want to hear no, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, about it in different ways. Three drink tickets and no Long Island iced teas. That's actually yeah. a really great idea. Yeah, drink that's tickets. a really good idea. Oh, all right. I just pulled it out. Okay, my Courtney. <laughs> hey, look. Um, cool. I'm glad you're down to get the party started because I'm shy too. I don't know what I, I don't know. That's why I, I will need one one to two. What yeah. one to two chocolates of mushrooms and then one cocktail. <laughs> That's my sweet spot. Sweet spot. I will be like in it, in the zone. All right. All right and hopefully cool. the guy, hopefully the guy that I no, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Um, because I don't want to jinx anything, but never mind. But uh, <laughs> I'll have a partner to bring or like we can find someone. I don't know. Yeah. And please, like if y'all have partners too, bring your partners. Yeah. I'm definitely right? gonna bring mine. Um and also happy to get things started. I don't know what getting things started for me look like. I probably, <laughs> I'll tie somebody up, maybe. I've been yeah, working on yeah. yeah. Um you can tie me up. I've never been like fully tied. What? Okay. Yeah. So we starting to party some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last bit of time that we have together, I would like to um, speak to Nikita. What does a play party look like? What does it look like mm. at this place too? Like without going into, I guess, explicit, you know, details. Right. I don't know. Whatever I mean, it usually is like a slow burn. So it, starts with people like socializing and then someone starts making out and it's usually people that come partnered together that like get into things first and then the more partnered people start going into things you have people like going up to people and meeting and engaging and doing pickup play and then next thing you know there's like all the mattresses are taken and you're just waiting your turn. <laughs> but there's also like a good amount of people that are just like socializing and talking. And so there's, there's like a balance. And what does that look like for a single person coming? Um, I know mm -hmm. that I've, yeah, like coming alone can be very intimidating. Do you have any advice or guidance for somebody who's like, I want to do this. I want to meet people. I want to socialize. I, I believe that the workshop beforehand is an easy way for people mm -hmm. to come by themselves and then meet people. Right. We can do like icebreaker exercises for people to socialize. But yeah, yeah, what do you, what guidance do you have? I've usually only gone alone, so I can definitely speak to that. Um, <laughs> 
I really love pickup play. So I love going to these events and like meeting people. I think that's like the best part because when you come with a partner, then you're sort of like confined or you have to like check in, check in with them and like depending on your relationship status and all of that. Uh, but people are usually very friendly and open. So there, I feel like there's a good balance of like solo people, but also partnered folks that don't stick with their partners and like sort of also like break up and like go talk to other people. Um, but I really enjoy it. I will say there's probably gender differences. And so women usually have an easier time going solo. Um, but I I definitely appreciate when men come solo because then it's easier for, for people like me to go do that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. And the environment, you mentioned like mattresses being taken and people waiting their turn. What does waiting your turn look like? I just like finding a spot or walking around or making rounds until a spot opens up. <laughs> All right. And I know I've learned the general rule of thumb is if someone's in a scene, you don't want to interrupt them or if mm -hmm. their scene just ended. Uh, what are some like body language things to look for to know if a person is in a place of uh, where they can be approached or wants it? When's an ideal time to approach someone? Be like, hopefully people will be doing aftercare depending on the scenes they're doing, or even if it's just sex and not kink. Um, so maybe looking for signs of aftercare being done. Sorry, I don't know if you heard any of that. I heard all of it. Yes, I just had to look away because I thought something was about to happen that oh, didn't need to happen. Okay. So but, uh, yeah, people making eye contact and walking around. Thank you. Remember how I told you those 16 different things, but when I'm where I'm at, I'm where I'm at. I promise that happened. There was just a spurt of, oh my God, don't open your Christmas present right now because I thought that was. <laughs> that, was great. that was an emergency. Uh, okay. But, yeah. Um, Cassie, if you're free, there's a play party happening at Hit Me Up for New Year's Eve, New Year's Gala. So you should definitely come through if you want to check out the space. I know you've been, but yeah, sadly I'll be upstate in a hot tub, but nice. summer. <laughs> but um <laughs> next one, if if there's another one before, um probably they do yeah. them pretty often. And yeah. Courtney, if you're in town, let me know. I'm happy to sponsor you so you'll be able to come. What what's that mean? You have to be like vetted to be in these spaces. So, so do we need to vet people? <laughs> you know, that's a good. That's a yeah. good question. Um, I think maybe when they buy tickets, like putting out just like a form of why are you here? What does consent mean to you? Yeah, I feel like they buy the ticket and then they get sent like a waiver that they have to sign, and they fill out like. A short but the, the yeah. people buying this i'm not really as worried because i feel like we're kind of like i'm okay. telling specific people and like i think if people are seeing like herpes related stuff i don't think it's going to be a space where like there's going to be like real creeps coming in you'd be surprised <laughs> you'd be surprised yeah i know i'm so like i'm so do we give people their money back if they don't pass the form <laughs> yeah you're like well 
issue refund. Mm -hmm. your, I wonder if you could make it so that, yeah, that they like fill out the form to then pay or like they fill out the form and then we send them the link to buy the ticket. I'm wondering if they can like do like pay for it, but it's like pending until the form is completed just so we don't lose someone if they like, they fill out the form, but then they like, they have to buy it later. Then they're like, eh, I forgot about it kind of thing. Like right. if they like right away buy the ticket, but it's like somehow pending until that form goes through and then it goes fully. That might be really hard, like technical wise. Uh, no, I, I, I have a, I have a solution for that. I think I know what we can do. Um, okay. I know you got to go soon, Cassie. So I want to thank you for your time. Nikita, thank you as well for just being able to like process this out loud. And hopefully this allows for people to hear this and decide if this is something that they're curious about or interested in. And they want to come join February 15th. Um, details will be on the promotion stuff and you'll be able to buy tickets. We don't have to use Eventbrite because I'm paying for something. And the thing that I'm paying for uh, allows for us to, like, yeah, we we have minimal transaction fees. It's 3% and 30 cents per transaction. So, yeah, most of the money stays. I don't know what event Bright's fees are, but, yeah, we yeah. got, I can sell tickets on the website now. So, yeah, we can do this. Awesome. All right. Um, how y'all feel about me posting this? Because I feel like that was a lot of really good information. I don't want to make this behind the scenes content. I just needed to see if it would work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, I don't know how to close out behind the scenes content. Nikita, close us out. <laughs> <laughs> I we're, we did great. We just cut, we just cut off the camera. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Um, y'all free to go. I'm gonna stick around here because I've never used Zoom before um uh, as a host. So I'm playing around with this and making sure that I get the recording. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be here. Nikita, if you want to stick around and ask questions about the other things that we're working on, we can too. Yeah, sure. Uh Cassie Black slash safe slut, you are I'm free to go. Well, I'm going to go practice my lap dance. Yeah, go do that. Good luck. You want feedback? No, no, no. Wait, what did you say, Nikita? Oh, I said maybe you could start out the party that way, too. <gasps> maybe I'll do it. If I'm good at this tonight, maybe that's going to be my thing. And I'll do a strip tease to start the party. <laughs> I think I that go. would be great. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm going to go practice. Good. Have fun. Peace. All right, y'all. That concludes this bonus content. Um, y'all can leave if y'all want to, but me and Nikita gonna just stay and chit chat. Uh, thank you for your insight. I very much appreciate it. And yeah, I am very much gonna lean on you for a lot of this stuff. Uh, the form. So we need like vetting forms. Right. We need the promotion stuff. Material. I'm happy to like try and put together a list of questions. Yeah. Depending on like referencing other people's vetting forms. Okay. I see. All right. Cool. Do you uh I guess that's it. Yeah. I can I'm gonna stop the recording here and then uh actually yeah, I don't 
I think we're up to speed on everything. We've got this workshop, we've got the conference you're speaking at, and then we've done this conversation. Right. Cool. And um, yeah, let me know if, if you want to come to the hit me up party, you're welcome to just, you'll have to turn in your form. I don't know if you're, you'll be in New York for New Year's. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'll, uh, I'll let you know, but I think, nah, I think we're doing something low key for New Year's. But, it's on the 30th, not the 31st. Oh, good to know. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I will also probably market this at the play party. So we're getting people that like are in these spaces and know these things. Yeah, because if you've been to more than one, then that means you're good enough to attend, I guess. So, right. yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> But yeah, I think stigma-free stigma free is the way to go. Okay, sounds good. And I will send you those questions on vetting, vetting questions and we'll take it from there. All right, thank you so much. Sounds good, Courtney. Bye. All right, bye.